Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Hey, it's Erica Cruz Guevara, producer for The Bay. Last night, members of the Filipino community held a fundraiser for Brandon Lee, a San Francisco native and environmental activist who was shot four times in the Philippines for his organizing. He remains in critical condition, while Filipino activists in The Bay believe he was a direct target of the Philippine government. I don't want to be an activist, to be real with you, because it's exhausting. But we have no choice, like, we have no choice. This is our liberation we're talking about now. San Francisco has been the epicenter of activism for decades, and Filipinos are part of that history. San Francisco raises activists who work on social issues, not just at home, but abroad. Because that's how global San Francisco activist movements are. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to The Bay. Brandon has been an activist, I think, since he was in college. Faye Lacanilao has been friends with Brandon since around 2008. They met at San Francisco State University. Faye had immigrated from the Philippines and joined the student activist group called the League of Filipino Students. LFS was really about asking that question of, like, if the Philippines is so rich and wealthy in resources, and why are the Filipino people so poor? When I joined, Brandon was one of the people that I met, and I thought he was Filipino. It took me so long to learn that he was actually Chinese-American from the sunset. Um, that's really how we really got to know each other and bonded over that, but also Backstreet Boys and Harry Potter. <laughs> when did he sort of start his activism? Like, what was the thing that got him going? Yeah. Especially around, like, Filipino issues. I'm really curious yeah. about that. I was curious, too. I was like, why are you really into this stuff? The way he, I remember him talking about it was really his first um, exposure trip to the Philippines. I think his first one was in 2007, I believe. And he went with our good friend Lyle and Princess. LFS members on exposure trips spend a month in the Philippines working with local farmers, workers, and organizers fighting for social change in the Philippines. The students learn how to support Filipinos in the homeland from the United States. That was also like where he fell in love. It was during that time he met his like now wife around that exposure trip. When he visited the Ifoga communities, he learned about what Landis life really looked like day to day for those communities. Mm. I think it was for him also just growing up as like a working class San Francisco kid who 
um, was trying to understand why like things were unfair and things like were set up the way it was. And he learned that in LFS. A lot of what LFS does is try to focus on understanding the connections between Filipinos here and Filipinos in the homeland and sort of trying to draw this line between the fight for liberation of Filipinos in both countries. And it sounds like that's what Brandon was doing. Brandon is an example that I give. He's an internationalist in that he supports our liberation in the Philippines because he knows it is connected to the liberation of all oppressed peoples all over the world. Duterte proposes a change in the system of government to resolve the problem once and for all. Mass extrajudicial killings uh, as a quote-unquote crime solution. And those people who are paying for that are Filipinos. Brandon moved to the Philippines in 2010. That was the year that 196 people were charged in what the Human Rights Watch called the worst politically motivated violence in the Philippines in recent memory. Among them was a former provincial governor and ally of then-president Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. But Brandon wanted to move to the Philippines because he was going to be a father. He learned that he was going to have a baby with Bernice. And like, you know, it's a trip because instead of like petitioning them to come here, he was like, no, I think I want to be there with them. And he was like, why would I uproot my family there when actually more of us are needed there? So that's why he moved. Brandon was labeled an enemy of the state by the Philippine government in 2015 for his activism. What made him a target of the Philippine government? What kind of work was he doing? Yeah, so he currently, from what I understand, um, is in Ifogao peasant movement. He's part of the Cordillera Human Rights Alliance. He also writes for the Northern Dispatch. Hello, my name is Brandon Lee. Um, I'm a volunteer at the Ifugao Peasant Movement, IPN. Um, for us, uh, we have been harassed, intimidated, uh, threatened, um, with death threats, vilified, attacked, um, under surveillance constantly um, since 2010. Um, this has a lot, a lot of it has. To He's do doing with a lot of anti-mining work um, and also being critical of the Anti-Mining Act that allows foreign corporations to keep mining sort of like endlessly in the Philippines. A lot of it has to do with um, us defending the land, life, and resources of indigenous peoples here in Ifugao. There's so many riches in, it's like oozing out of the lands that they're on, especially in Ifugao and in the Cordilleras. Like you can find all kinds of minerals there. And so the mining that's been happening in the Philippines actually has been really bad on the people living there in that it displaces them from their homes, but also bad for the environment. It literally sinks. And even in the south, there were like mountains that were flattened down and they rake it so they can make sand for resorts or like bring it as gravel for concrete. Can you tell me like a little bit about the political climate that is creating a situation where it is dangerous to be an activist? And in some ways, it's kind of always been that way. There is a long history of that in the Philippines. Right. It's been, yeah, happening ever since, God, like the Philippine-American War. The struggle in the Philippines and the movement that Brandon and I are a part of called the National Democratic Movement really tackles this question of 
genuine liberation for the Filipino people, meaning removed from foreign power and foreign influence. The president right now, President Rodrigo Duterte, he was elected because he seemed promising during his run that that was what he was going to do. Duterte proposes a change in the system of government to resolve the problem once and for all. Nothing short of a federal structure would give Mindanao peace. He even prided himself in having good relations with the Communist Party of the Philippines and the National Democratic Front of the Philippines, who are like on the left side. To achieve long and lasting peace, Duterte also vows to resume peace talks with all rebel groups to heal the wounds that have fractured the nation for so long. Quickly, a year in, in his presidency, he flipped and turned. He's like, I don't want to work with them anymore. Peace talks are BS. He has recently also said that human rights advocates who speak out in defense of rule of law and in defense of constitutional guarantees to rights, uh, to, to suspects' rights, should also be targets. He is like blatantly fascist and is very clear about attacking anyone who counters him. What can you tell me about... Um how he got shot and sort of what he was doing that that day. It was around the afternoon, five o'clock to six, and he was picking up his daughter from school and had just dropped her off. And he was shot multiple times in front of his house. Um, and he was hit four times in the back. One of it went through his elbow, one went through his jaw, and one went through his nose. Hmm. He... He's fighting through it, you know, like he, he's had multiple cardiac arrests during this operations to remove the bullet, but he is fighting through. I think it's because he knows that it's like his job is not finished, you know. Brandon comes from a city that has a very deep history of activism yeah. and um including and especially within the Filipino community here. Mm-hmm. Like you have the history of the I Hotel and the Soma right. and the Manongs fighting for that. And then you have organizations like League of Filipino Students at San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of, I, I feel like it really speaks to sort of like the Filipino presence yeah. here in San Francisco and how it's intertwined with the activism yes, of yes. it. Oh, totally. I mean, I think it's because this is one of the ports where Filipinos immigrate to um, when we leave the Philippines. One of the bigger fights that Filipino communities here face in San Francisco, I mean, everyone's experiencing displacement, but the Filipino folks have been experiencing that since iHotel. And it's a struggle for like, and still continues to be the struggle of like staying here and having a life here because we contribute so much here. Um... I mean, that's one of the things that I still carry. Now, I mean, I I work with the Filipino Community Center still, and in the Excelsior, I try to advocate for um, anti-displacement and anti-gentrification work. I just went to a rally yesterday, actually, for this new high-rise they're trying to build in the Excelsior. Sometimes it feels like a really far stretch of, like, a connection to what Brandon is doing. But when I realized that these high-rises that push our people out will not be made if it wasn't for the nickel that they need for alloy or the gravel that they need to construct these high-rises. If it wasn't for these things, these high-rises wouldn't be pushing, out any, pushing us out anyway. But 
so in that, it's like, it's true to that land is life thing that Brandon taught me, right? In that he is there protecting ancestral domain so that mining and extracting these minerals that we need here in the first world will not happen. And he is out there getting his life, like, threatened doing that work. And we are out here pushing the same way and bringing it to light as, like, yo, like, we... We just want to live. So that's always been the struggle of Filipino people everywhere in the diaspora. That's what we have to always insist. It also shows like how global the activist community is in, in the Bay Area, how it's so connected to the homeland. Yeah. I mean, that's why they set up the whole South of Market Filipino Cultural Heritage District. I mean, not just so it looks cute with all of the Filipino furniture designs, but to really maintain the Filipinos that have been living here for so long. We're as integral to, to San Francisco history as any other communities here. Brandon has been warning friends about surveillance and intimidation by the Philippine government for years. And he's asking elected officials in the U.S. to put pressure on the Philippine government and investigate human rights violations in the Philippines. His friends in San Francisco want a moratorium on U.S. aid to the Philippine National Police and the Armed Forces of the Philippines. Faye Lacanilao is a friend of Brandon's and an activist in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. If you liked this episode, follow The Bay on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. See you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.